Welcome, everyone. Let's express our recognition of Jesus as Lord by standing to sing Joy to the World. We'll sing verses 1 and 4. seated. Today on the church calendar, we celebrate Epiphany. And Epiphany means realization or revelation or recognition. And a key part of our faith is the realization that Jesus was not just a regular human being, but is a revelation of God himself. And so that's one aspect of epiphany that I recognize myself today. Let's, let's pray. Oh God, we, we recognize your presence here with us today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have come near to us in Jesus and that you stay near to us through your Holy Spirit. So we open ourselves up to you today and we offer our praise, our worship, our, our confession, our attention, so that you can continue to guide us in your ways. Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. The call to worship is on the screen, so read with us. O God, by the leading of a star, you revealed your only Son in all his glory to the people of the earth. The manifestation of light and new life, you are Emmanuel, God with us. Guide us into your presence, where we may see your glory face to face. We bring our gifts of service, unity, and love as a blessing to your, your kingdom. Let all the earth adore you, for you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Amen. So the first people to recognize Jesus as the Son of God were who? Shout it out. Who were the first people to recognize Jesus as the Son of God? The angels. The angels. Oh, yeah, okay. Go on to people then. Shepherds, shepherds, yeah. Even before the shepherds, though. Like nine months before. Mary. <laughs> Mary, that's right. <laughs> and? 
Joseph. Mary and Joseph, that's right. And all the other characters in Luke chapter 1 and 2, let's say. Now, they were all Jews, which is they were part of God's chosen people. But God also revealed Jesus' true identity to non-Jews. So let's sing about the sages who arrived in Bethlehem two years later. The wise men from the east seeking the recently born king. So we'll sing Angels from the Realms of Glory, verses 3 and 4. And then we'll go on to O Beautiful Star, verses 1 and 3.
Let us pray. God, we have just sung about your amazing signs in history, revelations of yourself and your purposes. And we confess that we wish for those things sometimes ourselves and don't, don't get the guidance we long for. And instead of trusting the guidance that you do give us, we, we live in fear. We have anxious hearts instead of confidence. Or we're ashamed instead of being assured. We're guilty instead of being repentant and reassured. And so we thank you, Jesus, for dealing with the problem, the big problems of sin and death by your cross and resurrection and by your return to heaven to be our advocate. We recognize you this morning as the victor, the ruler, our protector, and we thank you. Amen. Again, if you're able, please stand and we'll sing Crown Him with Many Crowns. One, three, and four. seated. We'll read from Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. 
good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the goodness will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their gen, their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The little children uh, will be invited up shortly. Well, who we are again has been a long time, and I have been looking after sheep for many, many years. And it's good to see this whole flock here tonight. And see if we have some little lambs here. Oh, yeah, here they are. Well, way back, there was, when we were out in the fields watching our sheep at night, we, we were wondering what was going to happen. But all of a sudden, as we were talking and looking after our sheep and lambs and everything, then all of a sudden we heard singing. The angels came and told us that there's a Savior born. And where was he born? Do you know where Jesus was born? That is right. He was born in Bethlehem in a manger. And we hurried there to try to find him. And we found him. He was exactly where the angels told us to go. But he was our Messiah. And you know, no one else knew about it. The angels told us, the shepherds. And we, when we had seen them, then we went and hurried away back to our sheep. But well, we told everybody, everybody what was, what happened. No one believed us. This couldn't be Jesus. This couldn't be our Messiah. This couldn't be our king. He wouldn't be born in a stable, in a manger, put in a, in a manger with hay. This couldn't be. But anyways, then years later, two years later, we heard rumors. There were astrologists, people that were studying stars, wise men. And what did they see? Do you know what the wise men saw? What did they see? They saw a winged white star. That's right. That's right. They saw a bright star. And it took them two years to get to Bethlehem. That was a long ways to walk and to ride on camels. That was a long ways to go. 
But they went and they found Jesus. But before they got there, they got to Jerusalem and they talked to Herod the king. And he had other things in mind completely. Well, he asked the wise men, where did you see them? When did you see the star? About what time? So they told him. But after they left and they, they, uh, they said, Herod called all his wise men and everybody, and they told him where they would find him. They said in Bethlehem. Well, when the wise men left, they saw the star again. And they hurried off to Bethlehem. And the star took them right to the house where Mary and Jesus was. Where Joseph, Joseph was probably at work at that time. But Herod had a different idea. Well, the wise men gave gifts to Jesus. Do you know what the gifts were? Well, it's okay. There, it was gold and frankincense and myrrh. Very, very expensive gifts. But when the wise men saw Jesus, they praised the Lord and they worshipped him. And after they left, God told the wise men to go back in a different direction. Don't go back to Herod. He said, and why weren't you supposed to go back to King Herod? Well, okay. King Herod had plans to kill baby Jesus. That is right. And his plans were told, he told the, he told his soldiers, you killed every baby boy from newborn to two years old. And he knew I would get him this way. But an angel came to Joseph and he said, hurry up, get out of here, go to, go to Egypt, quick. You've got to leave because Herod is going to do something terrible. So they went a different direction to go home. So Jesus came for everybody, not just for a certain few. He chose everybody, every person in this world can come to Jesus. Boys and girls, everyone. No age limit. So you can invite your, your friends. You can talk to them in school. You can just tell them what Jesus means to you. So it has been very good talking to you little lambs. It has been good talking to the whole, my whole flock here. And now you can go back to your seats. Thank you. And it's actually time for Children's Church. So I'm going to pray, and then we're uh, going to dismiss ages 3 to 11 to go down that way with Audrey and Laura. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the little ones, and thank you for their teachers. Thank you that we can all learn. So we pray your blessing on the time that they spend there together and that we will spend here. 
Amen. So I've got a few announcements, and uh, Jeff is also going to come up to make one. And if you have an announcement, uh, just put up your hand, and Davis will bring you a microphone. So I'll start with uh, your bulletin for this week. We're starting up the regular things again after Christmas. So this Wednesday, Kids Connect at 6.30 and prayer meeting at 6.45. So we'll have it here in the church nursery again and uh, probably discuss if that's a great location and time. And if uh, it is, we'll continue meeting there. And if not, we'll come up with something better. But for this week, it'll be right there in the nursery. And then Thursday this week, Girls' Bible Study starts up again at Bethany's. Looking ahead, where it actually says announcements in your bulletin, uh, there's a board meeting January 17th, which is next week, Tuesday. So talk to Jeff if you've got agenda items. And a congregational meeting the following Tuesday, January 24th. All right, so as Jeff comes up, I'll make... The most immediate announcement is for this morning, after the service, ladies are invited to meet in the kitchen. So that'll be anybody teenage and up, I think. Good morning. Uh, you might remember the Music in Church series that we started in October. So we had quiet music in church. We had harmonica players and others, acoustic instruments and voices, bare minimum of amplification. Um, that was our Thanksgiving service. Uh, and then we had loud music in church in November. And then we sang together, singing together in church for our Christmas program uh, in December. So we're, look we're looking forward to round two of those. Um, so we have quiet, uh, quiet music in church ready to go for the 29th of this month. That's a Sunday evening, the last Sunday of January. You can put that on your, uh, put that on your schedules. Please come. And we have plans in place uh, getting rolling already for loud in February, louder and bigger, and then singing together uh, will come in March. But for January 29th, which is a couple weeks from now, Sunday evening, please come out. Again, there will be some voices here that you've not heard in this congregation before, and we'll have uh, acoustic instruments and voices singing together, some storytelling, some interesting stuff going on. Uh, please come out on the 29th. All right. Any other announcements that you want to share with the microphone or prayer requests? Just put up your hand. Good. Good to have you back, Tina. All right. Then I'll just also mention that uh, last Sunday when we had our sharing service, Hilda shared about George Friesen, and he passed away on Wednesday. So... Let's keep Hilda and Dave and Anne Neufeld also in our prayers, them all being siblings to George. Uh, there will be no funeral as, as per his wishes. All right, then let's go to prayer. Jesus, thank you for inviting us to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. And so we give everyone and everything to you. We release our burdens. We drop them in your lap. We know that you can 
hold them for us. We also know that you are at work in our lives, at work in others' lives, at work in this world. And so we express our trust in you as well. And we pray for those who are grieving. We, we pray for Hilda and, and Dave and Lois and Anne and John and the others who are especially missing George. And we pray that you will be their comfort and that you will light their way. And we know that there are many others in our community who are also grieving because many people have passed away, it seems, in this season. And so we pray that, that your reality would be recognized, that even as we recognize our own mortality, we would see your eternalness and uh, put our hope in you Put their, and that people would put their faith in you. And we pray also for those who are sick and suffering, that you would be uh, our comfort and our healer. And thank you for the healing that, that we recognize even in our own lives. We pray for the work of the church. Thank you for the different groups of leadership that are gathering ministerial this week and board next week and and all of us together the following week we pray that you would guide us and that we would obey and do the things you show us to do and thank you for the the ways that we can meet regularly to study your word and to uh, pray so we pray your blessing on kids connect and prayer meeting and youth and the other ways that we uh that we give our attention to you together. And thank you that Tina is back and, and that uh, the healing continues for her. And we thank you that we can be together and get back into routines that are helpful. So we pray that, that our routines would draw us closer to you and not, not just be routines. Thank you that you are here in this moment and that you speak to us through your word, and so we pray your blessing also on Sheldon as he comes to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. As I put my glasses down since I need them just about all the time now. Um, epiphany. Epiphany. Uh, interesting. I, I, I love the word. I've been uh, enjoying it this year as I thought about epiphany and as I I read some articles on what actually epiphany is, and I realized that growing up in this church, I never heard much about epiphany. And so it's, it was kind of fun uh, learning about it a little bit. And uh, on Friday night, we were to have a feast of epiphany, as a lot of uh, traditional people do, and uh, it would have been an interesting feast, probably with some lamb, and some other unique dishes. And uh, now Epiphany goes on till Lent. And so it'll be interesting to see how we address Epiphany. Epiphany, which uh, David said, is a manifestation, a revelation. You've heard the saying, I had an Epiphany. 
and uh, a sudden revelation. And of course, Christmas is a sudden revelation of the incarnation of Jesus Christ in human form. And God with us is what Jesus is. And that was something that was new and a brand new revelation to the people. And Epiphany is also a time that there's changes happen in our life because of what Jesus did, because Jesus brings a lasting hope and a peace and a joy and a love. And that's what Epiphany is to usher us into the year 2023. This Christmas season, I have really, well, first of all, every Christmas season, it seems like that there's something about Christmas that just really strikes me. And I think about it and meditate on it. And this year in November, I was reading in Matthew and Joseph. I just came to admire and to learn from Jesus' stepdad, stepdad and how Joseph was such an amazing man of faith. And um, so as I, as I thought about Joseph and meditated on Joseph, uh, I, I stopped in here one day to pick up something from the church and uh, um, Pastor Russell was here and, and it wasn't long into our conversation and I said, I'd be willing to preach on the 8th because the person he had lined up <clears throat> couldn't make it because I knew that I would love to talk to you about Joseph. He was a kind, to begin with, he was a kind and a considerate man. And he gave himself completely to the calling that God had on his life. And he was an example of obedience, and an example of a provider. Let's talk just for a few minutes just about the man Joseph. And uh, uh, the name Joseph, to begin with, means he will add. And of course, if you think back a number of centuries, you remember another Joseph who was a son of Jacob. And interestingly enough, as I told Jeff this morning, since God's not a God of coincidences, the Joseph way back's father was Jacob, and the Joseph, Mary's husband. His father was also named, jo was also named Jacob. And uh, Joseph was born of the line of Judah to Jacob. He lived in Nazareth of Galilee. He was born probably from 30 to 20 B.C., somewhere in there. And he was a carpenter. He was a blue-collar worker. He, uh, in those days, houses were made of stone. So you kind of think, so he's a carpenter. Maybe he didn't have much work. But even a stone house needs wooden beams, needs wooden doors, needs wooden gates. It needs, the farmers need plows, wooden plows and wooden yokes for their ox to work the land. And, uh, and so Jesus grew up with a dad who was always working with wood. I can see Jesus playing on the floor of Joseph's shop and playing amongst the shavings. I can see Joseph patiently teaching 
Jesus some of the skills of carpentry, some how to smooth wood, how to sand and plane wood the right way. Jesus watched it all. He watched how Joseph also dealt with his customers. He learned a lot from his dad. Joseph had a lot of firsts. For one thing, he was the first and only man to ever marry a woman who was a virgin and pregnant. It was, it was a special gift that he had been given. He was the first recorded foster, fa uh, foster father. He was the first one to get four dreams that angels speak to him. I don't hear of anybody else in the Bible, and I've never heard about anybody in real life that has had so many revelations from an angel. He fulfilled prophecies of Jesus, prophecies that came, through, came true in Joseph's time. Joseph was very instrumental in the fulfilling of them. Joseph's role in Jesus' life was really important. And as we look into the book of Matthew, we're going to find more about Joseph, and we're going to experience some of the thoughts and actions that Joseph was part of. Now, we also notice that in Matthew, when we start Matthew, there's a lot of things that aren't mentioned. And, and that's because Matthew was written after Luke. At least that's, that's what the, they, they say, that it was written a number of decades after Luke, and people would have known what Luke was said. And so, not to repeat Luke, Matthew went down a totally different line of, of the Christmas story. And it's very interesting, the things that he comes up with. So, let me start. We're just going to read verses. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. And we're just going to work our way through from Matthew 1. You can open your Bibles. Matthew 1, verse 18. And we're going to end at the end of chapter 2. So... I'll sometimes I'll read one verse, sometimes I'll read two, sometimes I'll read a few more, and we'll stop and we'll talk about it. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King... Oh, we got to back up here. That's chapter 2. Okay, chapter 1, verse 18. Now, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, and while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Four things that Matthew states here. He says, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. They were engaged to be married. But they had not come together. They had no sexual union between them at this point. And Mary was beginning to show she was pregnant. The conception was from the Holy Spirit. Now, the first three things... Joseph would have known. But the fourth one, he hadn't quite come to understand yet. Now, I would imagine that Mary, when she came to Joseph, she said, Joseph, this is what happened. I 
I'm carrying a baby by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph must have looked at her and said, are you serious? Are you, do you really think that I'm going to believe this? I've never heard of anything like this. She was still a virgin, and she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. In verse 19, Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as, so as not to disgrace her publicly. What Joseph did, he must have realized the, the stigma, social stigma that would be attached to him because all the tongues wagging in the town of Nazareth would have been saying, Joseph, you knew better. You were not supposed to have sex with Mary. Like, give your head a shake. And they would have been, they would have started to shun Joseph. They would have started to shun Mary and maybe Mary's family and Joseph's family as well. Joseph was embarrassed. He was embarrassed that his fiance would have a sexual union with any other guy. And he didn't even know who he was. Because he knew that he wasn't the father. So, obviously, someone. And Joseph thought about it. And because of the way the man that Joseph is, the man of faith, I believe that he prayed, and he prayed, he says, God, like, I don't know what to do here. This is, this is like, out of my realm. And, and Joseph finally decided, because Joseph was a righteous man. He believed in the law. And yet, Joseph was a man that loved. Joseph was a man that cared for people. And he cared for Mary deeply. And he, he was just beyond himself to know what to do. And he prayed to God and taught, asked God, what's up? What do I do here? And while he was thinking, he fell asleep. I'm thinking, wow, he's going through this heavy-duty thought, thoughts, trying to work all this serious stuff out, and he falls asleep. And... As he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to, marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look. The virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Joseph, his eyes were open. His eyes were open, and he says, I don't get it, but God, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I believe you, and I know that it's true. I don't understand everything that's going on, but God... I want to be obedient to you, and I want to take Mary as my wife. 
And the angel said something else here. First of all, the angel's addressed to Joseph. He says, Joseph, son of David. Very important title in this story. And then further on, in verse 21, it says, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. And what was actually happening here is that Joseph would become the legal father of Jesus. And it was important because Jesus, as had been prophesied, was to be in line of the kingly lineage of David. And it was through Joseph that Jesus came in line for that kingship. It was through Joseph that Jesus became the king, the anointed king, became the king that would live and affect everybody forever. God with us. Emmanuel is what Isaiah talked about. And, and, and I picture this because as I thought about it, I thought about my kids and holding them in my arms and looking in their faces. And then I thought about holding my grandchildren in my arms and looking in their faces. I, I, I'm, I don't remember particularly each one, but I remember that I did it for all of my kids and my grandchildren at various stages of their, when they were young. And, and I, I started to think of Joseph holding baby Jesus in his arms and knowing that baby Jesus was God with us. And he would have known that his forefathers were told by God, don't look into, you can't look in my face or you'll surely die. And here Joseph was looking into the face of God. And he must have just been amazed. He must have just marveled at what God was doing right in front of his eyes. Joseph woke up. And I, I, I just am amazed with Joseph. Every time the angel speaks to him, and that's four times in, these, in, in these, uh, this, this passage that we're reading, every time that Joseph wakes up, he does what the angel told him. His absolute, complete obedience, even though he doesn't always understand what's really going on, but he obeys God, he obeys the angel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife. So in those times, the uh, engagement, and then there was a waiting period, a preparation period for the wedding, and then came a seven-day celebration, and the, the marriage was, was uh, consum- consumed. Uh, okay, uh, there was sex, and it all happened. And so during the engagement and the waiting period is when this, what we read about, happened. And so Joseph says, when he wakes up, when he wakes up from the dream, he says, I'm going to go to Mary's house. And that's what he does. And he says to Mary, he says, I would like for you to come home with me and be my wife. And that's what happens. Mary says yes. 
And it's, it's, it's very significant because that also, when the census was to, to be taken, Joseph then was with Mary and took her with him. And also when he then, when he named G, uh, the little baby Jesus, it became very significant because he was married to Mary at the time. And so this all is God working together. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. King Herod was a cruel man, cruel man. Oh, and if anybody was going to step onto his, his area, he didn't, he was cruel. He killed his some sons, he killed some wives, he was a very proud man and nobody was going to take over from him. And about that time, some wise men from the east and, and, I, and I thought about these wise men, these magi, and I thought, their hearts, by their response as, they, as we come to know them, somewhere along their lives, they knew about this almighty God. Somehow they sensed that this was not just a regular king. This was a king of, of greatness, a king of kings, and... and when they saw the star, they knew that this was something that they needed to pursue. And these magi got together a caravan. And it would have been a big caravan of, of people that, that set, set up camp, put up the tents, set up camp, cooks to cook food, servants for the magi themselves. And, and it was a huge caravan that started out from the east probably from the country of Persia. And they started out towards Jerusalem because, of course, a king of this renown would have been born in the capital city. They arrived in Jerusalem and they asked, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose and we have come to worship him. Jerusalem was disturbed. And they told Herod about this. And Herod was also deeply disturbed by their question. And he called a meeting together of all of the church elders, the priests, high priests, the, the, the scribes, the teachers of the religious law. Where did the prophets say that the Messiah would be born, he asked. Well, in Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judea, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men, and they asking them to come to see him. And at this meeting, he learned exactly when the star appeared, when they first saw the star, and then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. He was so sincere. Like uh, the wise men, I, I don't know if they saw something fishy in this or not, but they sure didn't argue when they, when they had a dream later. After this in interview, the wise men went their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. 
and it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. I picture Joseph stepping out of his house. Oh, I forgot to tell you that. By this time, Joseph had scoured the neighborhood and found a house to live in. Now, Bethlehem at the time, this time, was almost deserted. There was very few people, just the regular people living in Bethlehem. Because the Passover was over when it was crowded and bursting at the seams. But now, there was lots of room. And he went and scurried around, and he found a house that was within their budget. And, and of course, in those days, the houses didn't have a bunch of rooms. And so this little house, uh, the bedroom and the living room and the dining room and the kitchen were the same thing. And they were all one. And uh, the, this is uh, where he brought Mary and baby Jesus to. And um, I, I, I picture Joseph standing outside of his little house. And one day, and just feeling something strange happening. And uh, he goes back inside and he says to Mary, he says, I think something's happening. There's, there's just something out there that I just feel it. And Mary looks at him and Mary smiles and she says, it seems like that's the way our life has been lately. There's a lot of interesting things happen. And, and they, when the wise men appeared, this big caravan of people came into Bethlehem and all of Bethlehem must have seen them as well. When they appeared, they were ready and they were expecting. The wise men came to the door and they knocked on the lintel. And this is what happens. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were and they fell down before him and worshiped him and they opened up their treasure chests as Elmer talked about, gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they went home another way because God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. What a, a joyous time for the Magi. They, they have, they've been traveling for months to find this newborn king. They've come from a far country and, and traveled, and now they're here. Now they've come and they're before this newborn king and they worship him and they praise God and their hearts are just bubbling over with joy. What an amazing time for Mary and Joseph to see and to experience with Jesus. Joseph was obedient to God's call on his life. After the wise men left, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to try and kill the child. That night, in the middle of the night, Joseph wakes up gives Mary a shake and says, Mary, we got to go. They gathered their few possessions that they had. They took the gifts from the wise men and 
whether they loaded it up on a donkey, whether they just put it on their packs and walked, but I'm guessing they must have had some kind of animal to carry all this heavy uh, gifts that they got, and they started to head out. I, I, I picture them heading a, just straight west and going to the Mediterranean Sea and getting on a ship and going to Egypt. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but that's the way I picture. Joseph had some money, and he knew that this angel was serious, and it was time to go, and that Herod was coming. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord has spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Joseph had a, he, he just protected his family. He was, he knew that God had called him to protect Jesus. He knew that God had called him to protect Mary. And he, it was, it was very powerful inside of him. And here again, he did something that was very far out there and headed to Egypt. I would imagine that none of his relatives had ever been to Egypt. I met that anyone he, his relatives that he lived with there, that anybody hadn't been very far from their home at all. And Joseph knew that he had to go and he takes Jesus and Mary and heads out to Egypt. And of course, Herod was furious. And Herod did the unspeakable of going to kill these little boys. And Herod... Um, was a cruel man. He had a, the affection of his heart was cruel and he hated anyone that would stand against him, especially someone who claims to be a king. And Herod did a despicable, awful act. Jesus was saved, but many other boys weren't. When Herod had died, an angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and told him, get up, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph returned immediately, I love that word, immediately to Israel with Jesus and his mother. And when he got to Israel, he, he started to ask around. When he had learned that the new ruler was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid. He knew that this son of Herod's was even worse than Herod, which was unbelievable, but that's what the word was on the street. And he was afraid. And then in another dream, he was warned to go to Galilee. Because God had also seen this, as Joseph had. So they went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what was spoken by the prophets concerning the Messiah. He was called a Nazarene. God had a calling on Joseph's life. And that calling was not the tasks that God gave him. That calling was rather his love relationship with the Heavenly Father and a desire for complete obedience. And that's the calling that God has on each one of us. God chose Joseph to be Jesus' earthly father. 
God chose Joseph to be the father of his, of God's son. And what a, what an amazing, uh, well, first of all, what an amazing situation for Joseph to be in. Difficult, but amazing. But it's also, I, I find it amazing that God puts his trust in us as human beings to carry out what he wants to carry out his direction. He just, all he wants is for us to be obedient. And Joseph chose to listen and to obey God. No matter where it led him, no matter where, which corner he had to take, which hill he had to climb over, he obeyed God and he did what God asked him to do. And he did it without hesitating, without, without waiting. God is calling us. God is calling us to listen to him and to obey him. God is calling us to live a love relationship with him. Some verses that has really spoken to me over the last couple years, and as I was looking at Joseph, I realized that Joseph, even though he had never heard these verses, but this is the kind of man he was. Jesus said to his disciples, this is out of Matthew 16, if you want to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambitions, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? And here's Joseph who denied himself. What Joseph wanted wasn't important. What he, Joseph wanted, he wanted what God wanted. And he denied himself and he says, I want to be what God wants me to be. And he shouldered his cross. The difficulties, that, the struggles that he had to go through to fulfill this calling that God had on his life. He shouldered his cross and he worked his way through them and he obeyed God in immediately and followed what, how God was leading. And he shouldered each difficulty knowing that God was involved and he followed, he obeyed, he followed God. And that's what God is calling on us today, to deny ourselves, to shoulder our cross, and to follow him. I'm going to read some verses in Ephesians to close off. And that kind of ties together with this. Paul says, therefore, out of Ephesians 4, first few, first few verses, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to leave a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. 
Always keep yourself united in the Holy Spirit. Bind yourself together with peace. We are all one body, and we have the same spirit, and we have all been called to the same glorious future. And here again, the calling isn't the task. The calling is our heart towards God, our relationship with God, and our obedience as we listen to him, as we read his word and hear the things that he wants of us. And it's different. It's different for each one of us in different ways. And there's some things that are very important one day and, and it really strikes us. And those are the times that we need to be open to hear God and to obey. Psalms 112. There's two verses that I like to bring back what the ladies read up here. Verse 4 is, When darkness overcomes, the godly light will come bursting in, generous, compassionate, and righteous. And verse 7, They do not fear bad news, but confidently trust God to take care of them. And to me, that's Joseph. He was in the darkness. He was a godly light that came bursting in. And he didn't fear bad news, but he confidently trusted God to take care of him and his family. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Joseph, who proved worthy of your trust to raise Jesus. Help us to be as believing as faithful, as zealous as he was to take on the various tasks that you have assigned to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How could it be this baby in my arms sleeping now so peacefully the son of god the angel said how could it be How can I raise a king 
He looks so small, His face and hands so fair. And when He cries, the sun just seems to disappear. But when He laughs, it shines again. How could it be? Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all Could it be this baby in my arms, sleeping now so peacefully, the Son of God, the angel said, how could it be? Joseph obeyed God's commands, and later one of Jesus' commands to his followers was to remember him through a ceremonial meal. So when we eat the bread and drink the juice of communion, we are expressing our obedience to Jesus, as have all the other followers of Jesus for the last 2,000 years. But it's not just about obedience or remembering. It's an expression of the connection we have to Jesus right now and an assertion that he will come again in the future. This being Epiphany Sunday, I want to read a few verses from one of my favorite stories. Two disciples walking along a road, and the resurrected Jesus joining them on the walk. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. May we also recognize Jesus in the elements and the presence of Jesus in each other. Our belief and practice as a congregation is that any Christian can participate. You don't have to be a member of this church. And for children, we leave the choice up to the parents. Servers, would you come up?
The Bible says that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink it, remember me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we announce that Jesus died, was raised to life, and will come back again. And after these elements have been distributed, we'll examine ourselves, and then we'll eat together and drink together. Paul also wrote to the church in the city of Corinth that they were to examine themselves before they participated. So let's bow our heads and I will lead you through a few statements of examination. Recognize this represents the body and blood of Jesus. Acknowledge that it is for Christians Appreciate that it reminds you of the price that was paid for your sins. 
knowing that you have been forgiven, you must also forgive others. So if you think of someone you need to forgive or someone you need to make peace with, follow up on that after the service. Thank you, Jesus, for unifying us in yourself, like the many grains of wheat becoming one loaf. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken to make us whole. Let us eat together. Thank you, Jesus, for purchasing our clean record by giving your blood. Thank you for allowing yourself to be cut so we could be healed. Let's drink together. And let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And finally, let's respond with a song, a song of service. So that we, like Joseph, can obey God's call on our life. And I love how this song uh, references our occupation. In this case, being a fisherman.
Amen. You need my hands full of caring through 